This is the story of a ragtag bunch of church members who set out to perform a Christmas play, and the director who tried his hardest to just keep it all together. The Glory of Christmas. Our annual Christmas show is tonight, and all the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears comes down to this very moment. And like, like any show, there's going to be some last-minute snafus. Um, like, like, for example, my middle-aged Mary. She's been having contractions for about six, 16 hours. My Joseph hasn't memorized all his lines. Uh, Amy? Mary, my, <laughs> my dear Mary, it's been a long journey. My wise man is convinced that the nativity set will collapse. And my shepherd can't find a lemon for his tea. Articulatory agility as a marvelous ability, manipulating with dexterity. That... We are telling the most beautiful and important story that's ever been told about an event that changed the world. We've lost the lamb. Mm-hmm. Quick, everyone make lamb noises. Call her back to the flock. He knows the lamb's a dog, right? Medical experts actually do not recommend this method for uh, dealing with panic attacks. But my mom recommends lavender behind the ears. Get away from me! I'm calling an ambulance. I think I'll be fine. It's for me. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Thank you guys so much for coming. All right, Christmas, everyone. It's time. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, and unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. I have this long-held tradition, I guess you could call it. Every year during the performance, I, uh, I step off the stage and leave the building. I just want God to do what God does. And the shepherds came with haste, and they, they found, found Mary, Mary and Joseph, Joseph and the and baby. The lying in the manger. Doesn't matter where you see the nativity story, whether it's on a street corner or, or in a church or even on your neighbor's mantle. When you see it, you, you have to consider it then and there. Are you willing to kneel at the manger? Will you believe in the miracle of Christmas, the glory of Christmas? Trust that this is the way that God chose to save us all. And all who heard it wondered at those things, which were told them by the shepherds. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned. Glorifying and worshiping God for all the things that they have seen and heard, 
as it was said unto them. Amen. I guess Christmas is a time to expect the unexpected. We expected to be able to gather together for Christmas Day, but with the looming danger of a virus outbreak, we are once again being prudent and coming to you through a TV, computer, tablet or phone screen. I guess with the year we've had, we probably should have expected to have our plans disrupted. Wherever you are and whatever your Christmas looks like in 2020, I pray you feel the spiritual significance of this celebration. I, feel, I, I pray that you feel the joyful weight of Christmas. This is the fifth message in our series, The Weight of Christmas. And we called the series The Weight of Christmas because we wanted to encourage people to think a little differently about what the glory of Christmas means. And we went back to the Hebrew word for glory and noted that it was based on the word weight. Something that has glory is something that has weight, significance, importance, in fact. Christmas is so glorious, it is so weighty, it is so huge that it exerts a kind of gravitational force on our society, even today. Well, to help bring this concept to life a little bit, we've been watching a video series of a bunch of people putting on a Christmas nativity play. If you've missed any of them, I really, really suggest that you need to go back into the sermon playlist and watch the other sermons in this series to get a little bit more of an insight into these fabulously normal people who put on this nativity play because it's hilarious. And the messages are pretty good too. Let's talk about Mary for a moment. Mary is played by a middle-aged woman whose life is turned upside down when she discovers that she is pregnant again. She has older kids who finished high school, but now she's going to have a newborn. The weight of the story of Christmas is that despite the difficulty of the unexpected, God is always present. Joseph is played by a young single guy, almost the opposite, who's, who knows absolutely nothing about being a father. He's eager, but completely unqualified and inexperienced. He's, he's even given a doll to practice with and it doesn't go well. The weight of the story of Christmas is that despite the fact that we might be underqualified or inexperienced to face what we have to face, God will be with us as we wrangle our way through. The shepherd is played by a guy who's a little crazy when it comes to his method acting. He gets so immersed into his role, he pretends he's actually a shepherd in his normal everyday life. He wears his costume to his accountant's office and doesn't shower for a month. He discovered what it's like to be an outcast. The weight of this story of Christmas is that no matter who you are, what you've done, what you can do, or what people have done to you, God will still use you to announce his love for the world. The wise man, our final character in our video series, was played by a guy who's a know-it-all. He's the kind of guy who's always willing to share his knowledge with others, whether they want it or not. The twist comes when we see that he is actually a caring, considerate, and very servant-hearted guy willing to kneel. The weight of the Christmas story in this aspect, is that no matter what successes and blessings you've had in life, no matter what advantages and privileges you've had in life, no matter what wealth you've accumulated or high scores you've achieved, when confronted with the truth of the birth of the Son of God, the only appropriate response is to kneel and to offer what we have. Have you ever been part of a nativity play? Perhaps as a kid, maybe as an adult? Have you ever gone a month without a shower just to get into character? It's interesting how often the story gets told, isn't it? And how much of an impact it has had. But the weight of this event has an effect that extends much further than those handful of people in the first century. 
It has an effect that has now extended to over 2 billion people across 2,000 years. Why is that? What difference does it actually make? Why is it so weighty, so glorious? Why does it matter? Let me explain with the words of Luke. From Luke chapter 1, 78 and 79. Through the heartfelt mercies of our God, God's sunrise will break in upon us. Shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way, one foot at a time, down the path of peace. See, because God cares about us, each and every one, God will bring a new dawn in our lives, a new day, says Luke, a new understanding. You know, it's, it's a bit like everyone looking forward to a new year. I don't know if you've heard people say something like, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Have you heard someone say that? But it's not like everything's going to be different on the 1st of January 2021, but we will all feel different about life. It's a bit like the dawn of a new day. A new year will be a marking point at which we can put the past behind us and focus instead on the future. When Jesus was born, it was a marking point in history that said the old ways of thinking about God, the universe and everything is over and we can now look forward to a new hope. In the olden days, the days of darkness, before Christ, people believed that God was was separate, that God lived in heaven and earth was apart from him. Earth was broken, cursed and dirty and people too were unclean and unholy. But then, but then God chose to be born as a little baby, entering the world like all other humans. And this radically transforms the way we see the world. The world isn't broken and cursed. Humanity isn't unclean and unholy. People are not beyond redemption. People are not beyond hope. God chose to be one of us, just like you and me, shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death. The darkness, sitting in the shadow of death. What does that mean? Well, you see, There's a deep tendency in humanity to believe that we are flawed, broken, unworthy of love and connection. Things we've done or things that have been done to us make us afraid that no one wants to know us. No one will accept us and God wants nothing to do with us. And every day like this, we die a little more inside. But God chose to be one of us. God came to us. Let me try and bring this to life a little bit more. I'm an extrovert, I admit. But there are times when I go to a party, obviously pre-COVID times because, you know, there are other people there, and and, and I don't know anyone, and I'm not sure of myself, and I'm not sure I relate to the other people in the party or whatever. I I don't know. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. But there are those times I just stand around awkwardly, really stressed out, you know, But then someone will come over and start a conversation. Have you ever had that experience? They leave their circle of friends that they're hanging out with and they come to hang out with you and suddenly you're not alone. Suddenly there is someone who acknowledges your presence and offers you some of their attention. The birth of Jesus is like that on a cosmic scale. We're all kind of awkwardly hanging out 
on the planet, afraid that no one wants to have anything to do with us, slowly dying on the inside. This is what it means to be living in the shadow of death. But then God comes over to hang out and chat. And then showing us the way, one foot at a time, down the path of peace. Nothing feels better to me in that sort of situation when I'm dying on the inside, socially awkward, lonely, stressed. Nothing feels better than having someone come over and hanging out, but not just to say a quick hello or whatever, but, but actually to, to hang out, to, to spend some attention, to get to know me, to bring me into the party. You see, with God, the relationship goes further. Not only did God come to hang out with us and to say hello, but he introduces us to other friends of God, other people just like us, people who together will support us, pray for us and help us through life's ups and downs, encouraging us and bringing us peace. So the significance of the Christmas story is that God considers you worthy. Don't be afraid that you're unworthy of the attention of God that you're beyond his reach, beyond his consideration. God again approaches you in your life and he says, Merry Christmas, how's it going? What would you say? What do you say? Let's pray. God, in a world where worry, not peace prevails, stir up in us that good news again. This Christmas, make the revelation, revelation of your love real in our hearts. Never have we needed your joy and peace more than now. Thank you for the gift of Jesus, our Emmanuel, God who came to us. Forgive us for the times when we forget that the light of your love never changes, never fades, that you never abandon the purpose for which you came to save us from our darkness and death, to give us life eternal, the joy of relationship with a holy God. God bless. Amen.